1: Another edition, of Nice Recats on RodeViz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network. Today, we're filming, recording, whatever the kids say, on February 21st, and I am joined by the one and only Dan Senyo Mr. Buckets on the Hat himself.
2: That's right. All we do is buckets. Uh yeah, we're we're back. It's it seems like it's hit and miss these days, both both relatively busy. Uh, but uh, I, I'm I'm always excited when we get to sit down and have these lovely conversations, and I'm even more excited when we have somebody join us, Nathan.
1: Yes, Dan, we've been we've been recording in the mornings for the last like year or so. For those that that have ever cared about when we record the podcast, and typically that means most fantasy people have jobs and aren't able to join us. But we're lucky enough. My good friend, my groomsman... Russell Clay has a job in fantasy, so his job is okay with doing a podcast in the middle of the day. Russell Clay, how are you today my friend
3: let's let's be honest post football uh not quite the same workload so yeah <laughs> we're uh we're we're available uh at nine fifty one in Tucson on a Tuesday morning so
1: there you go all righty so today we're gonna talk about some Offensive declarations talking about whether we're in or out on an offense based on you know the current assets and also their offensive staffing changes. Uh, so teams that either had an offensive coordinator change or a change to an offensive uh head coach. So, first off, we're going to start off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the team that I occasionally root for on Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays and Tuesdays during COVID. They hired, they it out is Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, and in is the Seahawks QB coach coming into the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the Bucs, obviously, QB position is quite in flux, and that might be the reason why they kind of hired a little bit more of an unknown to the offensive coordinator position with Dave Canales, uh, but... Uh, we'll start with Dan. Dan, what is your current outlook for the Bucs? It, it, has Dave Canales changed it at all? Or is it mostly just playing on the let's find out who the QB is game?
2: I mean, I, I think they could have brought in Vince Lombardi, Bill Belichick, and <laughs> like Don Shula. And I, I I mean, I, I want I want these weapons because I do really like these weapons. But you lose Brady. You have really no future at quarterback. I mean, Trask is probably going to be a, a bridge QB at best. But the rest of this team is just in shambles, so they're they're kind of in a state of rebuild now, and that's probably going to last for a good few years. I would anticipate them probably if anyone's willing to take that Mike Evans contract, moving on from Mike Evans, just to try to free up some space because Mike doesn't want to be there. I would imagine in a in a rebuild at 30 now, um, you know Godwin's still probably young enough where where my guess would be that they'd like to hang on to him. But at this point, I, I think uh, as an offense, they're probably in A, sell mode, and B, just uh, draft players or see what their young players can do now. So I'm probably avoiding the Bucks at, at this stage unless they go out and, and make some, some big substantial moves. If they can land an Aaron Rodgers or a Derek Carr, I, I still don't know that that changes much as far as the team's concerned, but offensively... That makes those guys probably buys at that point. The rest of it, though, I think aside from maybe those two players or finding their way into a higher draft pick to get a C.J. Stroud or to get a Bryce Young, I, I, this is going to be a tough spot for a little while, I think.
1: Yeah, I think the, the, the interesting part with the Bucks' offense is that they're a team that needs to rebuild due to their salary cap issues, but it seems like the the front office is unwilling to rebuild, partly because... Their head coach is on the hot seat and doesn't have a lot of room for error here. Um, So I I generally think that they're going to end up going after one of the veteran quarterbacks, but not the higher end. Like they're not going to go after the Rodgers or the Derek Carr. I think it's more likely a Jacoby Brissett or a Baker Mayfield. I'm rooting for a Baker Mayfield as like a, you know, more of a higher upside play. But in terms of like this offense in general, I, I would say I'm more so selling than buying just because it's so much uncertainty with the quarterback position and you know whoever it is is not going to be probably as good as Tom Brady uh and there's still you know even with the bad quarterback play there's a lot of weapons in the offense you know Leonard Fournette unless he gets cut and um you have the the fourth round tight end Kate Otten like there's a lot of mouths to feed in that offense and you need a good quarterback to feed a lot of mouths is that right Russell
3: that's what I hear that's what I hear. Um, I'm kind of in the boat of like, this is going to be going to be a pretty ugly few years. And, you know, I was kind of in on Kyle Trask coming into the NFL East and, you know, getting him late in dynasty leagues. And I kind of feel like that that uh, air has come out of the balloon for me and I'm kind of just done. So whether it's him or, you know, Blaine Gabbert was, it, was he not ahead of him on the, on the depth chart this year, Nathan? Like it, that's what I was dealing with when I was like, all right, I'm cutting Trask. I'm
1: done. So like, yeah, do you I, think
3: there's a chance tra- like Gabbert's a week one starter?
1: Well, Gabbert's a free agent. So I I think it's highly, oh, okay. they re-sign him. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that the, the, the worst indicator for Kyle Trask is that Blaine Gabbert was the backup. I think, (laughs) I think you can partly say like, you know, Brady wanted to have like a stable veteran backup behind him and didn't want to have that higher variance as a backup. But I I don't care what Brady says. Like if you can't beat Blaine Gabbert in year two, you're probably not long for the NFL. Uh,
3: Right, And with the goal of, of getting a guy like Kyle Trask, the hope was like, he turned into an Andy Dalton or Derek Carr. And we'd know by now, probably, if he was. so yeah.
1: Right. And then, obviously, it's hard to, like, buy into too much, like, practice talk and stuff like that. But pretty much everything has been, like, this guy is not, like, living up to the second-round billing. Yeah. So I think it's going to be an ugly few years. Yeah. Sounds like fun for a Bucks fan. Let's move on <laughs> to another fan base that has had some fun, uh, the Washington Commanders. Um, they have probably made one of the best signings of the offseason and uh, its Eric uh, Bieniemy. As their offensive coordinator, this is kind of people are saying, you know, why would you take a lateral move from the enemy offensive coordinator of Mahomes to offensive coordinator uh, of Dan Snyder? Uh, but everyone is basically saying that this is his way to prove I'm not just Andy. I'm not just like, you know, Andy Reed's, you know, little pal. I'm not, you know, only good because of Mahomes. He now has the opportunity to mold this offense with Sam Howell and Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson and Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Like there are some pieces in this offense that mm. if Sam Howell is serviceable at all, Eric Biennemi can turn this into a very good offense. So like, it, it's tough that I, I, with coaching changes, with offseason changes, I'm typically trying to be the contrarian and be like, oh, like, don't buy into the, you know, highly increased value or don't or don't sell into the the low, you know, d- decreased value. But I'm all in on on buying commanders players because I like Sam Howell a lot. And I think that, you know, the enemy is only a good thing for that offense.
2: Russell, how are you feeling?
3: Uh, I think that is a fun offense, and we're we're so used to Washington being a shitty offense with no <laughs> really funny, no real fun pieces. And that was not the case last year. You know, that running game with Gibson and Robinson. there's a lot a lot of meat on the bone there. Uh, Dotson, you know, first round pick. I kind of questioned why they picked him in the first round with McLaurin there, but uh, that does look like a nice little combination. And, uh, you know, we'll see with Sam Howell, but I do think there are a lot of nice pieces there. It is a lateral move, um, you know, O.C. to O.C., but ultimately, I I do think that's a pretty, pretty good job overall, at least compared to the last two decades of what we've seen from Washington football. So uh, I, I actually don't hate it, but yeah, it's surprising he's not getting a head coaching job at this point.
2: Well, I was always in the the group of how yeah how is he not how is he not a head coach how is he not getting this how is he not getting that, and uh, this offense is such a great place to start. But it was Andy Reid's offense. It was Andy Reid calling those plays. So mm-hmm. I I believe Eric Bieniemy can take that and bring it to Washington. But one of those offenses has Patrick Mahomes. And the other has Sam Howell, who, like Nathan, I'm a believer in. I do think he can be, at the very least, serviceable. His legs are going to be a big part of his game, and they need to realize that. Eric Bandamy I mean, needs to realize that. That has to be part of it. But we're talking about potatoes and celery here. This is not, this is not two of the same same thing. So I'm I'm a little bit cautious. I think having the weapons is going to be a, a huge, huge advantage to start with uh, but they'll have to make up for that in the fact that again it's just not Patrick Mahomes so we'll see how the two things translate but I I feel like you know aside from the tight end discrepancy it's a pretty lateral move when you compare obviously the the big drop off in quarterback but what I would say is a pretty huge advantage in other weapons that the commanders have in comparison to the Chiefs, Sands, Travis Kelsey so I'm I, I want this to be amazing. I want the enemy to be able to translate that Reed offense to the commanders, or maybe it's, it, he has his own variation and, and maybe that's why he wasn't getting those jobs is because, Hey, yes, I, this is, this could be Andy Reed's offense, but I have my own version. People are like, no, 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 We just want Andy Reed's offense. Bring us that. Like, ah, I'm not gonna do that. Th- that would be my guess as to why he wasn't getting some of those jobs. So hopefully this is, is a beautiful thing because I'm a buyer on McLaurin. I'm a buyer on Dotson. I know Nathan's a buyer on Dotson. I've already seen him trading for Dotson in places. The the running back portion of this, I think is going to be a little bit messy because I feel like they're probably going to continue with the committee. Like most teams are at this stage. It's, it's a committee league. It it is what it is. And And I love both of those guys. Gibson should be your pass catcher. Robinson should be your, your down eater. Uh, but There's plenty of upside, I think, in both with this offense because of how potentially strong it could be.
1: All right, let's move on to the Denver Broncos. Hired Sean Payton through the trade with the New Orleans Saints. Of course, Russell Wilson had worst year of his career in 2022, moving on to 2023 with a new head coach, relatively the same amount of weapons. Obviously, we haven't hit free agency or the, the draft yet, but I, I don't really see them investing a ton in the weapons. You know, we, you have the the mainstays of Sutton and Judy, and now we have Dulcich, who had a solid rookie season, uh, and then Javante Williams coming back from injury. Um, I, I've said multiple times throughout so far this offseason that I'm a buyer of this Broncos offense. What I'm a little bit surprised by, and, and maybe you guys can, can agree or disagree, but it feels like the Broncos weapons haven't increased in price based on the Sean Payton signing. I don't know if that means that like Twitter just thinks that Sean Payton sucks or isn't that good, but like the combination of down year plus upgrade at head coach should result in an increase in value for, for these Broncos weapons. You know, most, most particularly Russell Wilson. What are your thoughts on that Russell?
3: Yeah, I think we're going to get a nice little discount on this Broncos offense for 2023. I don't know about, who I'd want to be in on for dynasty. I think there might be an interesting super flex window for Wilson where you could get a few more veteran years out of him uh, at a point where many people don't think you could anymore. Uh, But really the only guy I'm I'm interested in is Judy, Uh, you know, actually had a thousand yards last year, despite, uh, you know, missing a couple games and uh, having that horrific, uh, Nathaniel Hackett offense for most of the year so um, I'm I'm in on Judy I'll take the discount if there is one probably won't be by the end of the offseason but um, Sutton I just have never been a, a full buyer I like the talent I think he can do well with Sean Payton but uh, you know whatever and then we'll see with Albert O maybe don't cut quite yet right Nate? <laughs> We're back oh,
1: in. Well, We're that that, in. that was one of the most ridiculous things. That, I mean, Rod, this might be an over over exaggeration. but One of the most exa- uh, ridiculous things of the NFL season was like in week seventeen when the Broncos interim coach was like, "This Albert O. guy's pretty good, and he's <laughs> been on the
3: roster <laughs> at the Let's entire time. Give some snaps, yeah, come on."
2: I love it. I love it. Um, so I mean, I'm I've I think all of us have kind of always been on the Jerry Judy train um you know route technician it it should have all the upside in the world obviously we'd like to get him more than 100 targets but when you've got whatever that was from russell wilson last year uh that that doesn't exactly help however he still was averaging 14 and a half per catch which i mean is that's pretty darn good considering how bad russell wilson was and still somehow managed to catch six touchdowns so um, he would be my kind of main focus in this offense. I will say, though, Javante Williams, whether you're a believer or not, this is going to be his backfield, and his price is down in, like, the mid-RB2s. I, I mean, if-, if I've got, like, Austin Eckler or or you know, Ramondre Stevenson, guys like that, I'm going in- and trying to make a move to get Javante Williams mm. uh, moving off of maybe one of those older backs, even like a Dalvin Cook. I know a lot of these guys are are considered like high or, or mid mid to low end RB ones, but I mean Javante is going to leapfrog them with one big game, and it might even get to before that when when they don't draft the running back in the first four rounds, five rounds, whatever it is. Javante is going to his price is going to increase once we know that everything's healthy, he's good to go. It's it's just at this point it's free money because even if you don't want him, buy him now. And then just sell him, you know, week four or whatever. Uh, it's that's it's free equity. So Judy is probably my main focus. I really would like to get some more Javante Williams shares. I agree with Russell on a, a small window here to get Russell Wilson for probably next to nothing because people do still think he's awful, which is why nobody's price has really increased. They're they don't, they don't care about Sean Payton. They don't care about that hire. They just are going based on what they saw recency bias with Russell Wilson in in 2022. So I think this window will stay open probably until we get to the season and, and we see what this offense actually looks like.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: All right, let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts, who have continued this weird like pipeline where like the Colts hire the Eagles coach, the Eagles hire the Colts coach. It's <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. I think it seems Shane striking uh, obviously worked with Jalen Hurts in his breakout season, now going to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, we'll start with Dan. Dan, does, th- does this signal that a quarterback is going at 104?
2: Well, I think it depends. It depends on, A, how they feel about the, the third and fourth options at quarterback in the league, because that's likely what is going to be available to them at four, or how they feel about either Sam Ellinger, if they have a line to a different quarterback, if they're planning on moving up into one or two to get Stroud or to get Young. Or like I said, if they love one of the other guys and they're cool taking them at four or moving down and getting them at like 15 or you know lower half of the of the first round, if they believe that one of those other options that they prefer is going to be there, you can always make that move. I, I love this higher kind of regardless of, of who it's going to be, because I think they'll find someone and something to play quarterback, whether it's drafting one, whether it's a bridge QB, whether it's Sam Ellinger or or because Matt Ryan's done, right? That that's that ship has sailed. Yeah, 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 definitely, he's done. Okay, just I just want to confirm. I I didn't know if there was retirement papers that had gone through. Uh, <laughs> you know, and or maybe there's a, a free agent. You know, maybe they get a, a different bridge QB. I, I
1: I think the Colts need to retire from from the bridge QB. <laughs> but
2: uh, hey, it, it, it worked.
1: It, it almost worked with Philip
2: Rivers. Almost. It it, it Jacoby Brissett was serviceable. Uh, they could call Andrew Locke and say, Hey, look at this team. We still, you know, <laughs> we've got Jonathan Taylor. We've got Michael Pittman. We've finally got something for you to do here. Uh, But no, I I do like to hire. I hope that they can figure something out at QB. I think obviously you need to still add another weapon outside. Uh, but I, I do think that Michael Pittman here is going to be nice. Uh, Probably. I, I don't think his value has really gotten too crazy. And, that's potentially a, a wide receiver one type guy, so that that's that's going to be a kind of a target for me here. I don't think Jonathan Taylor is really attainable at this stage, unless you're moving off of like Kenneth Walker uh, or a Brees Hall. If if you you know prefer Taylor in that situation, you probably have to add to those guys at this point to get Jonathan Taylor. But yeah, and I, I think overall it's smart for the Colts to to get a little bit of an offensive focus because if there's anything that's str- that struggled in Indy over the last. However many years it's been the offense. The team hasn't been great overall, but the offense has been entirely mediocre, if not bad, for far too long. With with Jonathan Taylor, especially.
1: So, Russell, where do you stand on these these Colts weapons? Uh, are you waiting out the quarterback position? Or are you buying them with with the Eagles' OC? Where are we at with that?
3: So I'm I'm obviously going to be in on Taylor next year. Uh, beyond the injury, he was going to be fine this year as well so um i you know I, I i'm cool with that and then you know it's the colts again it's gonna matter what that quarterback situation situation is but we saw Pittman uh, people hated his year and totally understandable it was gross to watch and gross to look at the fantasy box score dude had 199 catches this year you know like that's crazy so uh these guys were actually fine last year despite the horrific quarterback situation. I think they'll be fine again. Uh I I agree with the no trade window for Taylor. I don't think people are really going to be getting off him. He's still young, still has those great years, but um you know, I I, I think we'll wait and see. I I feel like we should be a little optimistic, but yeah, that quarterback situation, and I'm not in love with this quarterback class. So uh, I'll be curious how this all pans out. But like, if we're seeing Anthony Richardson to 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 Indy, I'll be like, ah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I think that the 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 Colts are probably the most likely to trade up to one with the Bears, and whether that's for for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, um, if for no other reason that they're the Colts are potentially scared. Of someone else trading up with the Bears to, to go to one, and then they're left without Stroud and Young, which seemed like the top tier for most people. But uh draft draft Twitter has uh started fumbling over themselves for Anthony Richardson, which I love Anthony Richardson, I think he's a very exciting Fair. player. Fair. Uh but yeah. the the floor is very much lava with Anthony Richardson. The the floor for Richardson is one
2: of us showing up to indie camp and playing quarterback. <laughs>
1: I mean, he's a little bit taller. Um, (laughs) Well, everyone's taller than me, so that doesn't count. (laughs) Uh, All right. And then uh, we'll wrap up the coaching segment with Frank Reich going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Frank Reich. This is an interesting one because, like, Frank Reich's first couple years in Indy, I feel like he was like, oh, he's, like, sneakily one of the best coaches in the NFL. And then his last two years in Indy with Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan were horrific so much so that he got fired for Jeff Saturday. Um, So I thought it was a little bit interesting that Frank Reich got a job immediately as a head coach. Um, But this is another, you're kind of waiting on the the quarterback position. Um, So Russell, do you see veteran or do you see rookie for the Carolina Panthers?
3: Yeah. Frank Reich's the, uh, the buddy he's, he's in your best friend circle and he just continues to show up to the bar with the same girl, you know, different name, but the same person. And you're like, Frank, you still need a quarterback and you're going to do a bridge quarterback again, aren't you, Frank? What are you doing? Um, so, I mean, I think we're it's going to be more of the same. He has a great team ready to win now, but he does not have a quarterback. So what are they going to do here? I mean, are they going to are they going to draft one and develop one? Are they going to bring in, you know, one of those bridge quarterbacks like they were doing in Indy? Because if they are, it's going to be more of the same. I mean, maybe he can win uh, in in the, uh, you know, the NFC the NFC South, but it's still like at the end of the day, we saw it with that conference this year. Like if you don't have a quarterback, it's just a rock fight the whole time. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not too optimistic right now until we see what that quarterback
2: situation is. Well, it's not going to be Matt Corral. I, I think we can probably all agree on <laughs> yeah. on, on that, that one. That dude
3: gets gets hurt getting into the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: um, you know, I I unfortunately I think I sneakily love the Frank Reich hiring yeah, the the quarterback historically isn't uh, hasn't always been in his favor. He had the last year of Andrew Luck and then it's just been a gong show since. But let's not forget that he had an 11 and 5 40-year-old Philip Rivers team uh you know again led by a 40-year-old quarterback who still somehow managed to throw for over 4000 yards, something like 25 touchdowns and uh, they didn't really have a pot to piss in offensively outside of Jonathan Taylor that season. So I, I think I think that he could do much worse as far as weapons go. Um, I, I've been trying to add DJ Moore anywhere that I can. I think, regardless of the of the quarterback play for DJ Moore, he just continues to prove that he can uh, he can very much do the Brandon Cooks bit, where he just only produces. That that to me is like the cleanest line I've ever seen in fantasy football. Is like a DJ Moore to uh, Brandon Cooks situation so I love DJ Moore I still I still have a little bit of hope and faith for Terrace Marshall I, I think with a quarterback we can see a, a second weapon you know start producing in this offense obviously losing Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers opens up that door for at quarterback as well or not a quarterback at running back so I, I think the only real option to buy here is probably DJ Moore and now that is a high-end asset so you do have to to, to put in a, a decent amount of value to get him. But I think his value is really only going to go up. I think it's about his, at his floor currently. I feel like he should be considered a mid-wide receiver one or a low-end low end wide receiver one. He's just had a, a kind of a tough go of it because, yeah, quarterback play, coaching play, offensively, it's just the, this team hasn't really been it. So I'd love to see them. Uh, You know, maybe, hey, maybe all this smoke and mirrors with Chicago and Justin Fields is they actually are going to trade him because they're going to they're going to draft Bryce Young or TJ Stroud or whatever. So. Maybe. Well, hold on. Think about Justin you know, Fields. I'm Carolina. saying
3: you're right. I'm in.
2: Let's it's do just, it.
3: I mean, let's get Justin Fields to Carolina. I'm in. I'm with <laughs> you. There.
2: But I'll buy a Panthers jersey tomorrow. <laughs> you right, right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, the 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 and we'll head on this quickly before we do keep trade drop. The Bears are in such an interesting position because, like, that you could make the argument, you know, you want to reset the the rookie QB contract by potentially taking a quarterback, but yeah. I think that the the one misnomer that that people have is that the package for Fields is not going to be anything fantastic. Like, it might be like the best case scenario for for the Fields package is like. The, the Panthers first, like pick eight. Like, I think if you're a, a bears fan expecting yeah, like yeah. two firsts or expecting like a first, a second and a third, I don't think you're getting that because solely we're learning that, you know, these rookie QB contracts are so valuable. And why would you, you know, pay all this, all this capital for one that's, you know, halfway through his deal. Um, unless there are, you know, obviously people, Deshaun Watson, the rookie deal was over and they paid him, a bajillion dollars and three firsts. So um, outside of Deshaun Watson, and he he kind of reset that trade market, but I'd be surprised if the, if, and I, first of all, I don't think the Bears trade fields, mostly because I don't think that the, the trade market is going to be as fruitful as they would want it to be. Um, But if a field trades happens, I don't, I don't think it's going to be anything like groundbreaking. It's gonna be like a very basic, like first and a third or something like that
3: man I think that Jake from getting benched over Jake from his true freshman year is still <laughs> still on people's minds uh i I don't know about you guys. I thought fields was a better prospect than young and Stroud and I still do and I feel like what he showed this year was pretty wild so a good OC can, has a lot lot to do
1: there so in the. The Bears were completely devoid of weapons. There was like Darnamoni played like half the season. and Yeah. Like like that's terrible.
3: Like yeah, my boy Nikhil was- Harry was getting snaps. That's how you know it's bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I'm fully on board with with I mean, I, I would prefer Fields over over Stroud or Young. At, at the time, I was saying Fields was closer to Lawrence than Lance was to Fields. I still believe that today. I still think Fields has all of the upside in the world, and because of his legs and what he can do with them, and, and just, I mean, any any given play, you can go to the house. He, Saquon Barkley, but at quarterback. Um, I think b- that floor of his legs should have him just all the way as high as you need him to be. We watched the success with the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts learned how to be a little bit more uh, of, a, of a game manager as far as throwing the football goes. Why can't Justin Fields pick up on that same route? I don't think there's an issue with Justin Fields throwing the football. I just think sometimes some of his throws are a little bit too risky. But, I mean, he can make all of the throws. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to him growing to either the Bears building around him if they have that faith or them finding a new home for somebody that does because there's so much potential, so much upside. And, and I think there's a sleeping monster there waiting.
1: All right, we have about ten minutes left on the clock, so we're gonna do keep trade drop. Before we do, we have ourselves, Road to Viz. If you want to support the podcast, use promo code RV Radio twenty twenty three gets all your uh, access to content and tools. I know uh, uh, Russell used some of our you know filter tabs and and splits and all those different things in all of his fantastic research, and I, and Dan and I do as well. So make sure you get involved with the tools and all those fun things. RV Radio twenty twenty three get involved today. All right, keep trade drop It's gonna be rapid fire because like I said, about nine minutes left on the clock. Uh, quarterback first. Keep trade drop, keep trade drop, 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 keep trade drop. Um, Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones. What you got, Russell?
3: Uh, keeping keeping Trey Lance, uh, uh, trading Daniel Jones. He I actually just saw him go in round two. Of a uh, of a startup, and then Kirk Cousins holding baby, holding.
1: That I'm. That's Mal. Malpro- also, you're, you're not playing the game. You have to drop one person, and trade one oh. person.
3: Oh uh, no, I won't <laughs> do that. I will ride Kirk Cousins for another five years of solid fantasy, but mediocre real results. So we're gonna just be holding him, and then Daniel Jones. I guess we'll. Uh, Will uh, have someone sign his contract, and 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 I'll lose him. But I'm not
1: dropping him. So, okay. Yeah. So you're are you <laughs> trading or keeping Trey Lance? Keeping. So you you got to keep. He's keeping. What, he's keeping. Oh, what? I understand. I understand. Russell gets to keep the all the <laughs> quarterbacks.
3: Yeah, I understand the mission. We're just not doing that. We're, <laughs> we're getting some value. We're, we're all right. I'll drop Kirk Cousins. Fine.
1: Whoa. All right. That's fair. Wait. So what, you're keeping Daniel Jones in that scenario, or are you keeping Trey Lance? Oh, you're trading Daniel Jones. Trading Daniel Jones. Okay, all right. Mine, I'm gonna keep Trey Lance because of Kyle Shanahan, because of rushing, because of Konami Code, all those fun things. I'm going to trade Kirk Cousins because of Justin Jefferson, and I'm gonna drop Daniel Jones because nobody likes him.
2: Well, I mean that part's accurate. I'm I'm very much trading Trey Lance because he still somehow has value. And he's barely top two on that depth chart. Uh, Kirk Cousins I'm keeping because Justin Jefferson, looking at the fantasy points uh, on the fantasy points summary app on uh, com, you can actually see that Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins scored almost identically per game. And one of them was a quarterback and one of them wasn't. So, and this was still somehow Daniel Jones' absolute ceiling. So, yeah, I'm going to be dropping Daniel Jones. I'm going to be keeping Kirk Cousins because he's been somewhat consistent. He still does have Justin Jefferson. Hopefully they continue to rebuild around that and that offense. And, uh, yeah, Trey Lance, I think, is just going to be free equity on the
1: trade market. And keep trade drop. Our next one, running back position, A.J. Dillon, Damian Pierce, and Cam Akers. Starting off, I think the easy drop here is Cam Akers. I, I know that we saw some flashes in 2022, but I think, of these three players, he's the most likely to completely disappear in twenty twenty. You know, three maybe the Rams for the eighteenth straight year spend a you know top four round pick on the running back position. Um, so keeping Damian Pierce, dropping Cam Akers, and I'll guess I'll trade AJ Dillon. He he doesn't have a ton of trade value right now with the Cam Akers. I mean, with the uh, Aaron Jones restructuring, but I think that you know you, there still is the AJ Dillon truther in your league. Whereas I'm not sure that Akers has a ton of believers left.
3: Goddamn right there is, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> right there is. Um, I will keep uh, Cam Akers. No, sorry. Keep Whoa. A.G. Dillon. Keep A.G. Dillon. Trade uh, Cam Akers and drop my boy. Or not my boy. The opposite of my boy, Damian <laughs> Pierce. Um, I just worry, you know, fourth round pick, cheap rookie deal, And the Texans going to be bad for another year. He was great this year, undeniably like he outdid all my expectations and those that were high on him were correct. Uh, I just worry if he gets Jordan Howard whereby (laughs) like year three or year four, the team's better, but now they're using a committee and he's not quite getting those touches anymore. So yeah, dropping.
2: I'm going to take, I'm going to take advantage of the value on Damian Pierce and I'm going to trade him um, because much like Russell, I, I just, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's a big enough difference maker to hold off any competition. Fourth, like you said, fourth round pick, he's fine to me. He seems like just another guy. I don't really see a game changer. So I, I think the trade there is is easy again for the value. I love AJ Dillon, Quadzilla. That's my guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be keep. I'm gonna be keeping AJ Dillon, whether or not they have Aaron Jones or not. I, I still think. He's a fairly pivotal part of that offense, just like I thought Jamal Williams was. And now we're seeing Jamal Williams do some things in Detroit that has been unbelievable. So I kind of have A.J. Dillon in that same ballpark. And then, yeah, I, I unfortunately do think Cam Ankles uh, is the uh, easy drop here. Right? We had a flash. This was very Amir Abdullah-ish, uh, but it's mm. it seems inevitable at this stage.
1: And why are you position? Uh, keep trade drop. Christian Watson, George Pickens, and Brandon Ayuk. Start with Dan this time. Well, not only am I keeping
2: George Pickens, I'm doing everything I can in my power to go out and find other George Pickenses. Whether it's the, the George Pickens the third, the fifth, the seventeenth, <laughs> I'm acquiring as much George Pickens as humanly possible. Because despite the tiny hands picket, I think George Pickens is on his way to a wide receiver one in dynasty uh, valuation. I love Christian Watson, but uh, I think the easy move here is the trade because of the way he finished the the season, because of how we started to see Aaron Rodgers use him and, and get him some value, but Rodgers is now gone. I have faith in Jordan Love, but I think that that Watson is going to be the trade here. And Brandon Ayuk, uh, if we knew what was happening at quarterback, it's still the Shanahan factor, so it, there's going to be upside. I still think Debo is the guy there. They have McCaffrey now. George Kittle still going to be an issue. I just don't see how how he gets his fair share consistently enough for me to want him over these other two guys and for him to have more trade value than either of these two guys. So keeping, keeping Pickens, trading Watson, dropping Ayuk.
3: This isn't fair. I don't want to drop Brandon IU cuz bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I have to though. I think that's the right order. I don't want to let go of Pickens. Uh, I really like what he brought to the table. He's that traditional guy. I feel safe. I know, I know what this is going to be. I feel like, uh, he showed enough in year one Watson. The value is going to be there to trade. Uh, I do think we can be optimistic about him, even with Jordan love at this point. But, uh, I'll just I'll just trade him and then Ayuk Ayuk's been so good. He was so good this year. I don't want to drop him, but I guess we have to. So there you go.
1: Well, I disagree. But you don't have to. Uh, I am going to keep oh. Brandon Ayuk. I think that he is. By far, it might be a little bit of an exaggeration. I think he is definitely the best wide receiver in this group. Um, I think he has the highest floor. I think he has a similar level of ceiling. So I'm keeping Brandon Ayuk. And so the next two, I, I'm pretty indifferent on what, what I do, whether a trade or drop the next two. I would say I lean towards trading Christian Watson. His, like, per-game numbers, his, like, you know, per-touch numbers are ridiculous from year one. And, you know, he didn't play for the first half of the season. So I'm going to find a guy who's like, oh, wow, this guy's like the next, like, Randy Moss and trade him to him and then I'm going to drop George Pickens because he I'm I'm not as confident in Dan as Dan and his future prospects I think he's going to be a a low volume like you know like a Tyler Lockett like Deshaun Jackson type where it's it's never going to be like oh this guy has 10 targets in a game so that's kind of where I'm at with Pickens I'm very open to being proven wrong that he could you know become that player. But I do think at this point, he's going to be a low volume player, which is not the type of player that I try to pursue in fantasy football. Let's wrap up with the tight end position. Um, Evan Ingram, Greg Dulcich and Dalton Schultz. Uh, I'll start this one off I'm going to keep Dalton Schultz. I, if you had told me that this is how I would do it with these a year ago, I would have been very surprised. But I, I, it seems like he might be the safest asset. The only thing not safe about him is he is a free agent, so who knows if Dallas can end up spending the money to keep him. Um, but I think that even if he goes elsewhere, he's going to be a tight end one. He's gonna, you know, as long as he's not going to the Miami Dolphins to be the tight end one. Being the tight end one in the NFL offense seems to be like a an important thing. That's what I have with Dalton Schultz. Um, I will trade Greg Dulcich to someone who is excited about Sean Payton and I'll drop Evan Ingram, uh, just because so we don't know where he's going to go. Um, and he hasn't proven to have that consistent volume.
2: Have you been smoking, Nathan? Not in a while. <laughs> uh, uh, Russell, if you want to go, I'll let you go. Uh, let me just remind you first and foremost, the easiest drop of all of the drops is Greg Dulcich only because of what he did to Albert L. That's it. That's all I mean, that's my only take in this scenario.
3: Just out of principle.
2: Out of principle.
3: I'm I'm in on that. Uh I will say I think Jake Ferguson was annoyingly decent enough (laughs) where the the Cowboys are gonna be like, all right, we're not signing Dalton Schultz to like 40 million a year. We'll just use this Ferguson guy. Um, (laughs) I think the Jags might bring Evan Ingram back. I know we might ask for too much. But uh that was a really good fit, especially towards the end of the year. So I'm in on that. And uh, you know, screw Greg Dolchich, yeah. <laughs> Get him out of here. Trade him. him. I don't out. care. Trade him for a future third. I'm done. Dude, dude ruined my uh my Broncos tight end situation.
2: <laughs> he ruined that he ruined everything for everyone. Yeah. We're, dro- we're dropping, yeah. we're dropping Greg, which his name's Greg, by the way, so that guy can piss yeah. off. Uh, I'm (laughs) no offense (laughs) to the Greg
1: listeners.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No offense, Greg. It's just, it's that one. All right. Uh, trading Dalton Schultz, because I don't believe he's back with the Cowboys. I think they're going to give the money that they should give to Dalton Schultz to Tony Pollard because Jarrah is an idiot. And I am keeping Evan Ingram because I too think he's back with the Jags. I think he'll take a discount to be able to play with Trevor Lawrence because I think he's sick of not having a top three quarterback in the NFL. And now he's very comfortable having a top three quarterback in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, Evan Ingram, I I think he's going to rise rapidly in tight end rankings when he does resign. Because even with Calvin Ridley, even with Christian Kirk, even with Travis Etienne, I think Evan Ingram has enough value because the Jags will play offense enough and there'll be enough volume to go around that. maybe, And it doesn't take much to be a high end tight end. There's going to be enough volume for him to be able to to get his and to provide enough value to to be worth it.
1: All righty, that should wrap us up for today. Uh, Russell, anything to plug now that we're in off-season mode?
3: Mm, check out uh, Russell Clay on YouTube. I'm going to be doing, uh, doing some stuff on there. And uh, yeah, Russell J. Clay on Twitter. Though I don't really uh, tweet as much anymore, but we'll, uh, we'll keep, uh, I'll, I'll now that'll inspire me to throw out some, some stat tweets or something.
1: There we go. There you go. All right, Dan, any last words?
2: No, uh, Russell, thank you for being here. It's always, it's always good to see your face and hear your voice, mostly see your face, but I, I you know, I like your voice too. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to a, a fun off season. Obviously our, our content changes a little bit in the off season, and um, looking forward to getting that started right away with with maybe some, some off-season move-type deals. And, and once we get towards draft time, maybe we'll get Russell back because Russell's pretty darn good with those draft folks.
1: Ooh. All righty, that should wrap us up for today. We'll talk to you guys next week. ta